Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Shayna. Hola. I feel like I should be speaking Swedish when I do this. I don't know. I'm always like a different language whenever I say hello. It could be a thing. Hey. (laughs) Today, our guests are Chris and Olsa from a Flat Pack History of Sweden podcast. Did I get it right? Hello. That that was correct. Um, This is us. (laughs) Yeah. Hi. Thank you for having us on. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that we got in contact because I love your podcast. <laughs> I haven't gotten to listen to so many episodes. So your podcast is a history podcast, a Swedish history podcast. Why don't you guys describe it? You'll describe it much better than I do. <laughs> well, um, so it's basically a chronological history podcast about Swedish history, starting in the Stone Age and the aim in probably maybe 25, 30 years time is to get up to the modern day. (laughs) (laughs) We've done 50 episodes so far and we're just in the 1300s. So it's taking a while. The closer to the modern day you get, the longer it takes because there's more stuff to talk about. So uh, yeah. And uh, what do we start the episodes with? You can tell We always start uh, each episode with a Swedish phrase of the week because we thought it's sometimes really funny if you take a Swedish like proverb or saying and you and you translate it to English and its meaning. I mean, a classic one is ingen kjol på isen, no cow on the ice, which is a phrase to mean no problem. So start each episode with a funny one like that. That's good. Do you go into like the background of where it comes from originally? If I can find or if we can find the origin of, uh, of a phrase or, or a proverb, uh, we try to do it. Yeah, sometimes there's there's nothing on it, or sometimes it's really completely random. It was just, oh, this might have been popular on TV in the 50s, maybe, or something like that. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so I, sometimes there's a lot of detail and sometimes there's none at all. <laughs> I don't know all the English ones, so it's fine. So you guys met in England, and Chris, you're English, and also with your name, you're obviously <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> so why don't, why don't you tell us how you met and when and why you came to live in Stockholm? Yeah, well, we met, we both moved, even though I'm English or British, I usually say rather than English, um, even though I'm British, I'd never lived in London before and I'd been uh, living abroad in Malta um, and I just moved to London for the first time, moving back to the UK from Malta and also was just in London for the first time after living in Colombia. So we both knew to London, um, me not new to the country, but also new to England, not uh, the UK because you'd lived in Scotland. And we met and, uh, yeah, just decided to start doing this fun podcast. And in the end, uh, as I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of British people, we moved mainly because of Brexit. So we needed to get here at some point. (laughs) And there was a deadline. (laughs) Hang on on a second. Did you two start the podcast and then, like, I'm assuming you two are together, right? Correct. Uh, No, the the relationship came first and, and then the podcast came about two years into the relationship. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Chris wanted to, uh, you have a degree in history. We're both real history nerds. And uh, you wanted to learn more about Swedish history, but finding like very few sources in English. Especially podcasts. Yeah. So, and at the time I was working in media production in London and 
always complaining about how you get to have no creative independence and, you know, I spend my life doing what the people in suits tell me what to do. And it was like, well, let's make that podcast that we want to listen to. You came with the history background or the more formal history background. And I came with a little bit of know-how on on media production and uh, podcast producing. Maybe we should get a little more background on each of you, because I was reading up a little. And also, can we start with you? Because I read that you speak four languages fluently and several other languages decent enough. Like my father always says, the women of my family cannot stay quiet in any language. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I uh, speak a few, I think. Um, so I'm from the south of Sweden. If we were speaking Swedish here, all the listeners would have noticed uh, my thick Skånska accent. So mm. that's one of the languages I speak, Skånska. <laughs> and um, yeah, went to international high schools, uh, gymnasium. But in Sweden. But in Sweden, in Malmö. And from from there on, uh, left Sweden when I was 19, moved to Scotland. First of all, it was lovely. Uh, last episode, uh, lovely Glaswegian voice uh, there from your guests. That oh, was, yes, uh, right. <laughs> That was so so nice. So lived it's in such lived a in nice Glass, accent. Uh, lived in Paris for a year. Then back to Scotland, and like Chris said, when we met, when I came to London, I'd been living in Colombia for two years. Or yeah, so. about two years. You yes. missed out German. Your yeah. German's better than your French. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I've so far not lived in Germany. That's still on the list. No, I spoke Spanish fluently before moving to Colombia. Colombia was for work. And yeah, then we met in London and I actually didn't plan to move back to Sweden. And Stockholm was never really on a on my list of places that I was seeking out. But Brexit happened, London happened. I think more than anything, you helped me see something in my home country you being Chris, <laughs> you helped me see something in my home country that actually when we started talking about moving here, I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Let's give Sweden a try. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's interesting. So it's it's the Brit bringing the Swede back to Sweden. Oh yeah, right? definitely. And he is so much more Swedish than I am. Like, <laughs> he's the one that now during the Winter Olympics is like, sets the alarm at six in the morning to go up and watch the skiing. And and I'm very into a lot of British culture and old films and old TV series. So in many ways, we have each other's nationality, I think. Yeah, yeah, think you complement each other. It's nice. Yeah, that's not bad. And uh, even, well, I try and pick up some of the Skånska as well. Um, oh, please no. it's, it's harder. <laughs> it's harder now being surrounded by all these Stockholmers. So it's... Uh, <laughs> It's going away a little bit. Yeah. So have you picked up Swedish? <laughs> yeah. So um, I did a sort of a evening class when we were back in the UK, just two hours a week um, the year before we came. I cheated a little bit because about 12 or 13 years ago, I had lots of friends and went to Norway loads. So I had sort of very basic Norwegian, which was very easy to just change a couple of letters and the pronunciation right. a little bit to pick up the Swedish. 
Um, and then, yeah, here in Stockholm, speak Swedish most of the time at work, depending on what we're talking about. We we never speak <laughs> Swedish at home. We only speak English at home. And we actually met some uh, friends over the weekend and a couple of their friends were there who were from uh, Greece. And they said, oh, how long have you been living in Sweden? And we said, oh, about 15 months. And they were really surprised at my Swedish because they were like, oh, wow, you must have been practicing beforehand. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was. I <laughs> didn't come with nothing. Don't worry. <laughs> I met a girl at the weekend. She moved to Sweden in December. Mm. Her Swedish was phenomenal. And I was just like, oh, I, I hate you already. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm in awe of a lot of people because it is an incredibly difficult language. We have I have a colleague at work who uh, I work in medical medical research, and she's picked up Swedish from reading these incredibly difficult research articles and I'm like wow you're not making it easy on yourself uh, <laughs> like you don't just want to like, go in the evening class so yeah. also, I have a question for you so since you haven't lived in Sweden for quite some time I'm assuming then you didn't stand in queue for the apartments no we came with uh with nothing <laughs> no I had just, like I said it I'm, it was, I mean... We were super lucky because yeah. we put out a uh, we're searching for an apartment announcement rather than uh, replying to random landlords who had things. And then someone, because you used to also used to work in TV back in London, and some uh, the, our current landlord just replied to us and said, hey, I'm also in TV. You sound like a decent couple. Like, would you like to come and look around my apartment? And so we've heard all of these absolute horror stories about renting in Sweden. And we were just thinking, no, this was easier than London. And London wasn't too difficult because there's so many flats around. And so we were sort of, we're waiting for something to go wrong, I think. <laughs> you speak Swedish within a couple of years and you get an apartment with no problem. Something's very fishy. What's <laughs> the catch? Something is about to go horribly wrong. Very like we have run out of luck. And <laughs> karma will strike and strike hard. Because yes, we've been here since October of 2020. And uh, yeah, really been very fortunate in both uh, jobs and finding a place to live. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was quite lucky because because uh, you're saying going in the queue, we wouldn't have really known where to go in the queue anyway because all of Orsa's family is down in Scorna. And we basically, when we we decided in sort of the summer during the peak first lockdown, corona lockdown in the UK, we've said, okay, let's Brexit's coming up at the end of this year or the official technical Brexit rather than the actual leaving. We won't go into all that nonsense. But um, we decided, yeah, we'll leave and go to Sweden, whoever gets a job first will move to that town or that city. And so yeah. I was applying for jobs in Kiruna, also was applying for jobs in Gothenburg. We said, I would literally go anywhere. And so from it's like a race? From, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a race. And uh, we, you nearly got one in Gothenburg. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, no, we ended up in Stockholm, which was actually pretty much, one, I'd never been to Stockholm before. Um, before I, ca I came here for the interview, for my job interview was the first time I've been to Stockholm. <laughs> so I had sort of and two hours after the interview walking around the city saying, oh, this is actually not that bad because also being a strong southerner, you were quite um, sceptical about moving to Stockholm, especially 
after moving from London, we thought, well, if you're leaving the one of the biggest cities in Europe, why would you leave that to go to a slightly smaller, big, well, very small, very much smaller, big city? Sort of, you're, you're losing a lot of the stuff that is good. But we didn't realize. Well, I didn't realize that. You know, the amazing nature and how close you can be to all this kind of thing and how watery and <laughs> how many islands there are and all that kind of stuff was a, quite a big surprise. We're quite ignorant about all of that uh, side of Stockholm, really. Also, with your background in the South, how did you feel about coming to Stockholm and did you hopefully have some opinions changed about what you thought about well, it? <laughs> well, I know you do this uh, this segment on the podcast about Swedish problems or things you don't you struggle with here. One of my Swedish problems, if I'm allowed to have one as a Swede, <laughs> is that living in Stockholm as a, a skåning, as someone from the South, I oh, I hate that people feel the need to point out that I speak with an accent. <laughs> it's like people think I haven't heard my own voice because they really like, oh, you speak with a heavy accent. Like that's new information <laughs> to me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And so, so that's a real pet peeve of mine. But I, I have had my opinions about this city changed a lot for the better. I mean, it, it actually is a really lovely city uh, in so many ways. I was going to ask you too, since, you know, you live in this cute little part of town, um, have you invested in bicycles yet? Because I hear that's all the rage living over there. <laughs> that's actually a funny story. We also <laughs> did invest in a bike, but it broke within a couple of weeks. And on retrospect, we think we bought it from a quite sketchy character who oh, was yeah. selling, selling lots of bikes, it seemed, afterwards. And then when I went up to the, our little eco, little supermarket up the road, a couple of weeks later, I saw him like walking around and showing other people loads of other bikes. And so I was saying, mm, okay, this is maybe... Uh, either he's just a really like fancy entrepreneur who buys up bikes and sells them on again, or like he sells dodgy bikes online. Yeah, so in, in hindsight, I got what I deserve because my bike broke after like three weeks of use and I got so angry that I took it straight to like our big recycling center, these Autovinning Central, like where people back up with their vans and unload refrigerators. And I just with no, took the bike straight there, like hoofed it into a container and buy my bike buy my bike and then obviously i was in the middle of an industrial estate somewhere and just walked home in a huff uh but you know i'm i think come spring uh we'll try the bike thing again just not from that guy yeah yeah <laughs> proper bikes Chris, we should get a little bit on your background, especially how you got this very strong interest in history. Yeah, so uh, my interest in history, which unfortunately uh, I got to nerd out about uh, the Romans on one episode in the podcast when we said this was happening at the same time, but just not in Sweden. Um, because my my uh, background, my love of history began when I was about five or six years old, probably. Two uh, Roman soldiers came to my school and did a reenactment and all this <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and so I've loved the Romans ever since then. And from when I knew what a university was, I don't know when you appreciate what a university is, when you're maybe 12 or 13, 
And I said, that's what I want to learn about at university. So I did that. And then after that, I thought, oh, now I kind of need to change and do something that I can actually have a job in. <laughs> so then I did a master's in something completely different. Um, but that's how I've always loved history. I would read history books, like nonfiction books for fun instead of novels and things. So I've always, always loved history. And the I listen to a lot of podcasts and about Apart from one Star Wars podcast, the rest are all history podcasts. So pretty much. Apart from, um, I like um, sort of the Swedish orientated podcast as well. So we listen to you guys. There's uh, another podcast we've been on called Two Guys, Three Crowns, right. which is uh, two American guys, Rodney and Sean. And um, so I really like that kind of lifting up the mirror or that's not even a phrase but some sort of like <laughs> shining a light on life in Sweden that's what I was gonna say so that, I, I really like that kind of stuff and I, I end up talking to a lot of people at work about the stuff that comes up and I was talking to my colleague today about my Swedish problems um, because it's just really interesting having that outside perspective and talking to Swedes about it uh, it's, it's quite fun does that mean you can give us some Swedish problems now <laughs> yeah definitely and because I think it's it's hard to tell if these are general Swedish problems or they're coming from someone who's very British. And, and so I'm not sure if maybe Americans or other Europeans would, would get so wound up about things like this. But the main one is that, um, you know, if you're walking along the pavement or the sidewalk and there was, I remember distinctly outside Systembolaget, the alcohol shop, there was a lady coming along with a buggy and there was only room for the buggy to come past. And so I sort of stepped into the, the doorway of the shop and she walked past and just, you know, did, as if I was a ghost, didn't even say anything. Whereas I was sort of muttering to myself, oh, you're welcome. You know, I got out of my way to, for you. And like, nobody ever says thank you for little things like that. Never say thank you for um, like holding open doors and little like, small acts of kindness that if you lived a week like that in London, you'd be punched in the face. <laughs> probably because You've got to say thank you to those small things. If you're, well, if you're and when people... When people bump into you here, they don't say anything. They just keep walking. Uh, in the yeah. States, it's like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I've turned so Swedish, it always takes me like a week to get back on the regular, you know, like, oh, I'm supposed to say excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so that that really annoys me. Um, and also people not mm, determined to keep their own personal space in terms of like getting on the bus. You can't, the bus is like getting close to being full and it stops at a stop and there's 10 people waiting. Nobody moves further down the back of the bus because there's other people there. I don't want to move closer to other people. And so all the people like trying to get on the bus can't get on. And the classic phrase, if you ever visit or live in Malta, the Maltese bus drivers would shout all the time, move back, please, move back, please, because the, you're crushed in like sardines. And no one ever says that in Sweden. And all these poor people trying to, fight their way to get on the bus can't get on because people don't move <laughs> just wait until you have to do that battle with a stroller and there's only two spots on the bus that yeah. is the worst and then the bus doesn't imagine. come for an hour you're not just competing with other people with strollers you're competing with the older people who have walkers and they are oh, yes. ruthless they're faster <laughs> than you yes. would be <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I remember, uh, and I can't remember who was saying it, but um, if something happened, I think someone was talking about it because of uh, the trains were cancelled because of whatever a week or so ago. And so there's the replacement bus. And 
a bus turns up for 200 people and there's only 150 people going to get on the bus. So like in the UK, if you were one of the people who didn't get on the bus, that meant you were first in the queue for the next bus. But then in the meantime, another 200 people come in and when the second bus comes, it's just free for all again. And so you couldn't miss because nobody queues. And so you could miss two buses in a row, even though you've been waiting there for two hours. So that's also another thing. People don't queue at all. Apart for flats and apartments, which yes. they'll stay in the queue for 40 <laughs> years for. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's kind of a, a thing that everybody says the Swedes love to queue. But you do have a point when it comes when it comes to, I don't know, buses and things like that. Mm. I agree with you. It's just a madhouse, get me on first kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah, whereas or I was going to say, yeah, Swedes can queue. You'll, you'll see excellent impeccable queuing outside Sustainable if there's uh, sort of corona rules in force and stuff people will will fight to death for their place in the queue if it involves going to buy alcohol but not if it involves getting on a bus <laughs> so it's, yeah it depends can you tell us some of your maybe you've covered them and maybe you haven't but some of your favorite Swedish history moments or something that you find that you were surprised by or just find really unusual that a lot of people don't know well, you've got favourite history periods that you, we've not even come close to covering. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm really in a 20th century history and uh, uh, women's suffrage and um, yeah, a whole movement. Uh, I have a favourite Swedish character in history and he was prime minister here in the 30s and 40s during World War II, Per Albin Hansson, a fellow Skåning from Malmö, also someone who stuck with his accent. If you listen to old speeches <laughs> from radio broadcasts, he has a thick accent. Uh, so he's known for coining this term folkhemmet, the, the social democratic idea of the welfare state. Uh, but he's my favorite because he just seems like such a weird man. He, uh, long before polyamorous relationships which became sort of a, a known thing, he seemed to have been in one. He had two separate families. Uh, he was married officially and had children, but then also had a partner, another wife, uh, even though they weren't officially married, and had children. So he was prime minister, had two wives, effectively, and two families. Uh, World War II was ongoing. Sweden was surrounded by Nazi-occupied countries or Finland fighting their wars. And then he takes up a mistress. <laughs> so it, he's my favorite character just because I, I wish I could go back in time and be like, man, where do you find the time? Where do you find, find the energy? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find the time and money? Like incredible personal life, and then you're the prime minister, and World War II is going on. What? Mm -hmm. uh, what's going on? He's a Per Albin Hansson, very interesting character. My favorite. Um, I like this uh, Field Marshal Renhold from the Great Northern War era. Um, I, I would love to write a biography on him at some point, but that's a bit of a pipe dream. Um, there is one in Swedish, but again, like all these things, nothing in English. So uh, there's a there's a niche in the market there, but. I'm, I'm fascinated about sort of stuff that we cover in the podcast when it's sort of the first 
the first time we've noticed something or the first time that uh, a guy does something or the first records we have of something. So there's one bit I remember where um, when they're building Uppsala Cathedral, it all starts going wrong and they built it on the wrong bit of land and some of it starts sinking in the ground and they run out of money. And so they go to Paris and get this French master mason and pay for him, Etienne de Bonneville or something, I think his name was. And they paid for this French guy to come to Uppsala and fix the cathedral. And we have the contract still written down where it says that if he gets lost on the way, Paris have to pay for the replacements and all this kind of stuff. And it's 900, 800 years old and we have this guy's wow. job contract from France to come to Uppsala and build a big church it's just I love that sort of little details where you'd expect that you'd only maybe find that in the last couple of hundred years but it's uh, still around now from so long Sweden's ago. Sweden's quite good at keeping records of things you know I don't know if you guys have ever done your like ancestry or your genealogy my husband's Swedish and you can go all the way back to the 1400s like perfectly it's, it's yeah. insane my mother does genealogy of family history and uh, like you said there's all these church records of when people were born and when they died and when they married and it's, in, it's incredible but it, yeah we we did not leave Skåne <laughs> we were very yeah no they didn't get up to uh I'm sure they got up to lots of interesting things. You have to look at everything in the perspective of the time it happened. But uh, yeah, all you know is married this time, had a kid this time, who got married at this time, and then they died at this time. <laughs> well, then there came a time when they all up and left and moved to the states, uh, right? As well, so that's uh, as very that's also a very interesting aspect of of doing this podcast. We've. Uh, People send us these lovely messages uh, from America, from the US and from Canada that they, they're listening to the podcast as a way to reconnect with Swedish or perhaps Scandinavian family ancestry or, or heritage. And it really warms my heart to to be part of that, especially when they said that we sort of we've lost touch. There's obviously no one around anymore that has first-hand memories of the generation that emigrated. Uh, so, so to be able to give people that uh, is, is so nice. Yeah, and especially when you see, you have like in the statistics, you can, when you look at America, you can break it down into state. And so after, after California and New York, which obviously have huge numbers of people in it, it's always then you sort of Minnesota, Massachusetts, Maine, all those sort of northern states where these people still live today. And, uh, you know, their great-great-grandfather moved to Sweden in the 1880s or had moved from Sweden. <laughs> yeah, they're probably, they can't imagine there being many who moved to America and then thought, now nah, let's move back to poor Sweden in 1885. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a bit of trouble. You kind of had to make the commitment if you were there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't do a one-week trial in an Airbnb and then go home again. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up something I like about your podcast, which is every once in a while, when something comes up or is interesting, you go off the topic and explore that. Like, I think the most recent one I listened to was about the uh, um, the bomb shelters, the old bomb shelters that are in so many apartment buildings. And another one was about the, uh, the dog tags that yeah. the Swedes get. And I just, I find all of that, I, I'm a little like you also, I like the more recent history, <laughs> but it's so, it's so fascinating and so much fun. 
I see that you have another episode up about the Swedish Olympics or Sweden in the Olympics. I don't <laughs> don't remember now. Is is it when the Olympics were in Sweden or is it just Sweden's past competing in the Olympics? So it's, it's sort of both because Sweden hosted the Olympics in 1912, and so it's the first sort of the first modern Olympics was 1896. So it's sort of from 1896 up until about 1920-ish. We just thought, let's talk about the really early Swedes. So sort of the first woman, the first man, the first medalist, the first winter games. And there's some crazy stories and our absolute probably favourite person ever in Swedish history so far to cover in the podcast is this guy called Oscar Svahn, who is the oldest Olympic medalist ever the oldest Olympic gold medalist ever and um, the oldest ever Olympic athlete ever. And he won shooting medals in the in 1912 and 1920 and 1908. And he just has this, you find him on Wikipedia, he has this huge Santa Claus beard and he just seems like the coolest guy ever. He was well into his 70s when he, uh, when he started competing in the Olympics. Well, yeah, 70 was when he became the oldest medalist. Yeah. He started in his early 60s. Um, but yeah, his set, when he was 70 when he won a silver and became the oldest in 1912 in 1920 in 1920 okay the stadium Stockholm Stadion it was definitely built for I for the Olympics and I you go past it on the bus every day yeah and I I think it's such a beautiful building it is perhaps not something if you visit Stockholm that you necessarily go out of your way to see unless you go to an event there but it's um it's really beautiful it almost looks a bit like a castle yeah kind of just yeah i mean it's 100 years old i i guess by now and Mm. it's uh it's beautiful architecture i think i really like that one but (laughs) we are almost out of time so we'll have to wrap this up so one more plug for your podcast you guys can give it (laughs) i don't want to mess up the name again Thank you so much. Well, if you want to follow us on the journey through Swedish history, then A Flat Pack History of Sweden is the podcast for you, where we chronologically go through Swedish history from when the first people arrived here until the modern age. And we're on Facebook and Twitter, more active on Twitter than we are on Facebook. And we also have a website, which is just the podcast's name.com, A Flat Pack History of Sweden.com. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. Oh, well, thank you for being on and thank you for making that podcast because it's my newest subscription now. <laughs> it's <super laughs> oh, well, it's we can share. We listen to you and you listen yes. to us. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy this wintry weather. Stay no, indoors. we will. 